All right. Good morning again. We're talking about gospel and community today. And I didn't think about this last week, but we're going to still be in 1 Thessalonians this week. Am I on here? Okay, cool. Um, it's like a mini-series I didn't intentionally do, but I've kind of just wanted to stay in Thess- Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, because this church to me has been really exciting to read about and to just picture myself in and to see where we fit into all of this. So if you weren't here last week, we talked about this idea of welcoming the message. Okay, we talked about the Thessalonian church in Thessalonica, that's a fun word to say, uh, was facing severe persecution, chasing Paul out of town, and then chasing him out of the town that he went to when he ran away from that town. Severe persecution. And we realized that the church in Thessalonica they were able to welcome the message in the middle of severe suffering. And not only welcome the message, but they are also able to welcome joy in the middle of severe suffering. And we kind of extrapolated from that how we too can do the same thing. That when we are suffering, sometimes it's that open door. We need to welcome the message of God when it's not so easy. And we need to welcome the joy that the Spirit can bring when it's not so easy. And like I said, it is easier said than done. But it is an idea that we are chasing. So we're going to stay in 1 Thessalonians and we're going to be in chapter 2 today. But last week we talked about receiving the message, welcoming the message. Today we're going to talk about bringing that message to people in community. We belong in community, okay? I think we all agree with that. Nod your head if you're with me, okay? We have to share this message together. So I'm going to read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 beginning in verse 1. You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong oppression. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. You know we never used flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up our greed. God is our witness. We are not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else. Even though as apostles of Christ we could have asserted our authority, instead we were gentle among you. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we care for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. You were a witness, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. And I think everybody, if if we're looking at the same screen here, everybody believes this idea of gospel in community, right? Otherwise you wouldn't be here, okay? It'd be silly to go to church if you didn't believe that the gospel thrives in community, Right? We just took communion together, and it's, and it's great to do it by yourself sometimes, to have that meditative you know, time with you and God, but it's really impactful when you can take communion together as community, as a body of Christ together, saying until he comes as you take the cup and the bread. And I'm not just talking, when we talk about community, sometimes we focus on 
community. And we're going to be talking about the community at large that is not within this building. But if we're going to talk about community, we also have to talk about the community that's here right here today. The community that's around us, the church community and the community at large. Both are at play this morning. I want to make sure that we're both talking about the same thing, okay? The church community and the world. Both are significant. Christ loves both and died for both. Amen. And as we strive towards this gospel and community, it's not just about evangelism, okay? And I'm not saying evangelism's bad. Don't hear me saying that, okay? But sharing the gospel in our community is not just about saying, hey, have you, do you know Jesus? It's about so much more than that. And I hope to get to that, that place today. It's about all of this together, okay? I'm saying a lot of different things, and it's all going to come together, I hope, all right? We can't forget about the communities that we're a part of. We can't forget about this community. We can't forget about our work community. And we can't forget about the lives that we share with other people in our lives. So the question is, what does 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 tell us about the gospel in community? What are we supposed to do with this? Okay, what are we supposed to do with gospel in community? The first thing is in order to pursue this community, we need to be attentive to the community's needs. Okay? Let's look back in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, starting in verse 7. Instead, we were gentle among you. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Continuing to verse 11. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children. Paul uses this language. He talks about brothers and sisters all the time. But when he talks about the Thessalonian church, he says, we were like nursing mothers with you. I've never used that analogy for myself. But I think it's such an important analogy to use. Right? I can just imagine Paul is attentive to the needs of the people in Thessalonica like a mother would be attentive to a newborn child. Right? You can see it's not this idea of I'm going to scream some words at you that you hopefully receive. I'm going to hold you in my arms and hope that you survive. That's what I picture Paul doing for this church in Thessalonica. And he goes a step further to say we were like fathers among you, encouraging you. Right? What does he say here in verse 11 exactly? For we like fathers, encouraging, urging, comforting to live lives worthy of God. You have this familial, and not only familial, but father-son, father-daughter, mother-son relationship, right? Paul is attentive to the needs of the Thessalonian church. And I think as people who say that we are Christians, as people who carry on the name of Christ, we need to be attentive to the needs of our community as well. And not just the community outside those doors, but the community inside these doors. When there are prayer requests that come through, pray for those people. If you see them at Walmart or Publix, say hello to those people. Before you exit the doors today, please don't run to your vehicle. See someone that you want to talk to or someone that you've never met before and engage with them. Be attentive to their needs. And you say, well, Jimmy, that's just surface level stuff you got to begin at the surface to go any deeper, am I right? To be attentive to the needs, you have to build a relationship. And that's exactly what Paul does. He's attentive like a mother is attentive to a nursing child. He's attentive like a father is to his children. We need to take on that identity as well. We want to know each other. 
the first thing is we need to be attentive to the needs of our community at large and the community within these walls. The second thing, and this is the part that really, really got me as I read First Thessalonians, is that we need to share our lives with the community. Let's read First Thessalonians 2.8. So we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Let's read that really, really carefully one more time. Not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Whether we are actively making disciples or strengthening the body of the church, we have to share our lives with each other. Okay? You cannot just be an individual who comes into this church building and expect to find community. You have to share your life as well. And the thing is, is that sometimes we were talking on Wednesday night. Um, I didn't ask, but Steve Mason brought up a really great thing on Wednesday. I didn't ask your permission, but I apologize. I think you'll forgive me. I'll ask permission. All right, all right, forgive us. Uh, but we talked about how Paul is just a great worker. And sometimes I envision Paul as this guy who's always got his applies with him, who's ready to go to the next job, that he's just a hard worker and that, that's all there is to him. But if you really, really read the letters of Paul, he is one of the most vulnerable people to like write a story or write a letter, right? He is always sharing with them his struggles, right? If you read through Romans, he talks about the things that I don't want to do, I keep on doing. And the things that I want to do, I don't do. He talks about having this thorn in his side. He, he goes over and over and over saying all these things about himself. And that's not just to say, oh, look at where I've come from. It's to say, look where you can get to, too. I am being vulnerable with you so that you can see Christ working through me. And we need to do that as well. We need to share our lives with each other so that we can grow and learn from each other. In order to be effectively sharing the gospel, we have to be sharing ourselves. It requires that you are vulnerable. And I'm not saying you go spill your beans to everybody you come into contact with. I'm not saying that. But there has to be a sense of, I am opening the door to you so that you'll open the door to me. So that we can collectively work together in community. You follow me? And I, and I just want to share a quick thing. I'm, I'm trying to be quick today, okay? we got our Praise and Worship Sunday. But I had a professor uh, at Harding, undergrad work. I, did a, I, did, I majored in Bible with an emphasis in youth and family ministry. And my first class was actually youth, youth ministry. And it's not just like we learned how to play Foursquare or like eat pizza or something. It's not like that. But my professor, his name was Dr. Adair. And he's one of my favorite professors of all time. He wasn't the smartest. I mean, he had a doctorate, so he's really smart. Um, but he wasn't the most well-read. He wasn't just that guy that you're like, oh, this guy has all the knowledge in the world. But he was the guy that I knew that if I went to him after class, we could have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And in fact, our final for his class is we went to his house. He had a bunch of horses, and we had to, like, take care of his horses. It all tied to youth ministry somehow, okay? I don't remember the specifics, but it did, I promise. But he literally invited us to his house for our final grade. And I had teachers at Harding that I did not want to see after the semester was over. Okay, you've all had those people. But the thing that was so special about Dr. Adair is that he shared his life with his students. And I know that right now I could probably get off the stage and call him. He might not remember me per se, but I guarantee if I said, hey, I had you, you know, fall semester 2011, he'd be ready to have a conversation with me. To me, that is what it means to share your life, Right? 
you don't have all the answers. You might not be the best or, or, or whatever, the, the, whatever category you want to go towards. But if you are sharing your life with someone, I think that matters more in a lot of cases. You don't have to have all the Bible knowledge. You don't have to know all the, the right things to say or the perfect prayer to say. But if you come forward and say, hey, I'm offering myself to you, that is the gospel. And if we do that, our community is going to look a lot different. If we do that, a lot different. If we do it out there, our world is going to look a lot different. If we share our lives with people. And as we share our lives, we share Christ. And that's, that's how we share the gospel. And I encourage you this morning, our kids are in here. I pray that you guys do this at school. I mean, I'm the youth minister. I say this all the time, but be authentic. And that's the same message I say for our adults as well. Because high school is not so different from being an adult in some ways. Strive to be authentic. Strive to be attentive to the needs of others and give of yourself to your life, your life, to your communities that you're in and the community that we're in currently. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this time and I thank you for the church in Thessalonica, that the example of just what it means to persevere through persecution and also to share our lives, as Paul says here, to be attentive to the needs of people around us. Help us be mindful. Help us to know what to say. And even if we don't know what to say, just help us to say, God, do something with me that I can't really do on my own. That's our encouragement this morning. And God, help us to do it as we pursue you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have any needs, I know this Sunday is a little bit different, okay? We're, we're singing more songs. We're doing the scripture readings. But if you have any needs, please make them known today as we stand and as we sing.